But before we get into this, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for this time of year, for our Christmas season, and for everything that happened afterwards as well. Please be with us today. May your words be heard. We love you so much. Amen. So Christmas is over. And as we take down our lights and we put away our tree, well, some of us, the red cups go back to white, I think it is, and the leftovers begin to run out. The Christmas season is coming to a pass. Yet the Christmas story is not over. Because you see, the story of God becoming a baby to be Emmanuel, God with us, does not end there. Which that alone is so unfathomable. God, the same God that created us, the same God that created the universe and bent down into the dirt to form the first human being, the same God that led Israelites out of Egypt, The same God that destroyed the walls of Jericho, delivering his people to the promised land. This God became a baby. Wow. This story starts with a massive miracle. This story starts with the unthinkable. And that is just the beginning. God is just getting started. Because the story continues. Jesus grows up. And at the age of 12, we find him in the temple, doing his father's work. And he continues to grow and calls 12 disciples to follow him. Where he begins healing, teaching, and performing miracles. Today, I want to focus on the part of the story where Jesus heals a blind man named Bartimaeus. The story goes that Jesus and his disciples went into Jericho. If you want to follow along, it's in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 is where we're starting. So they go into Jericho, and then as something happens there, the Bible does not say what, But then, as they're leaving Jericho, now you have Jesus, his disciples, and a large crowd. So they're leaving the city, and on the side of the road, they hear this this voice crying out, a blind man named Bartimaeus. But keep in mind what Bartimaeus means. Whenever you hear bar, it means son of. So Bartimaeus is son of Timaeus. And it even clarifies that in the text. So, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is sitting on this roadside, begging. And he starts crying out as soon as he hears that it is Jesus of Nazareth. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him. And told him to be quiet. Do we sometimes do this? Where we, when someone does something different 
then we want to rebuke them. We want them to be quiet, to sit down. But what I love about the story is how Bartimaeus responds to their rebuking. He shouts even more. He yells out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And now Jesus stops. And he says, call him. Just as he called his disciples, he calls blind Bartimaeus. So they call the blind man and say, cheer up on your feet. He is calling you. Throwing away his cloak. Throwing away what was probably his only belongings. He jumped up to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Is what Jesus asked him. What do you want me to do for you? Is that kind of an odd question? A blind, the blind man responds, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sights and followed Jesus along the road. Another version says that Jesus responds saying, go on your way. Your faith has healed you. And then he follows Jesus. As I was reading this, I noticed many parallels from Bartimaeus to his disciples. Both are called by Jesus. Both give up their security of life and both follow Jesus. Just interesting. But I want to focus, though, on the question that Jesus asked Bartimaeus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked this of a blind man, of blind Bartimaeus, which, I don't know, to me it seems like an odd question to ask someone. I think that, of course, he's going to want sights. Back in that day, he had no way of getting around. And so Jesus asked this. The God that created the universe asked this of a blind man. What do you want me to do for you? Is he going to want riches or a big house? Probably not. Of course. Blind Bartimaeus only wants a basic human sight. Now, so this begs us to ponder the question as to why does the Son of God ask such an obvious question? Let's take a look at the context of this healing. We find another story right before the one of Bartimaeus. The tale of two brothers, James and John, the sons of thunder. These brothers came to Jesus asking for a favor where Jesus responds with the exact same question. But Jesus received a very different response than that of Bartimaeus. James and John came to Jesus, and they asked him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus responds by saying, What do you want me to do for you? Sound familiar? The brothers say, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left. 
in your glory. Whereas Jesus says, you do not know what you are asking. The dialogue continues. Here we have two groups of people that are being asked the exact same thing. And the answer to that question is very important. Because not only in the case of the sons of thunder and in Bartimaeus, but also in our lives today, lays bare to our true motives, revealing whether we seek our own glory or the glory of God. To James and John's defense, it is kind of understandable, though, that they would ask this, because this is the box that they put Jesus in. Jesus came to this earth to put his people, his beloved people, the Jewish nation, he had guided them all through the history of time up until now, and of course, he is going to come to put us in charge, to take over those Romans and make us the mighty nation so that they could rule the worlds. For the sons of thunder to ask to sit at Jesus' right and left make sense. In contrast, though, we have a blind Gentile Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Timaeus is an interesting word because it's used when a legal battle is being made for a slave. So what it means is that a slave is being set free. So Timaeus, slave set free. Now Bartimaeus comes to Jesus without a box, without trying to contain the mystery of God. Merely comes as a beggar on the side of the road, only wanting to be able to see Jesus, just wanting to be healed. Bartimaeus comes wanting to receive common sights. Unlike James and John, who came seeking extraordinary power, Bartimaeus comes in humility. James and John come in pride. Bartimaeus as an outsider, just wanting to belong. James and John, who already belonged, but still wanting more. Bartimaeus wanting a Messiah who can bring healing and wholeness. James and John wanting a Messiah who can bring them power. Do we sometimes come to Jesus as James and John with pride in our hearts, following Jesus for our own self-seeking motives, our own self-seeking desires? Do we come wanting to use him, to make us right, to have something that we can use to stomp over the heads of others so that we can feel better than them? Do we come seeking glory for ourselves, wanting God's glory for ourselves, wanting power for ourselves, following Jesus for selfish reasons? Or do we come to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as Bartimaeus, as someone who wants to just belong with Jesus, as someone who is only seeking Christ 
just wanting to see him. That's why I love this first song we sung. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I just want to see you. Just wanting to be able to stand up and say, Amazing grace, I was blind, but now I see. My chains are gone. I have been set free. Bartimaeus, son of a slave set free. Just wanting to be called by the son of David, to be called by him, to be loved by him, to follow him. Bartimaeus threw off his cloak, throwing away his worldly possessions, and went to Jesus, following his calling, not caring about those around him who told him to be quiet, not caring that by throwing off his cloak, he was probably bringing shame on himself. Only wanting a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is that enough for you? Is Jesus enough for you? Or are you wanting more? I'd imagine these are the questions that the early Christian church were hearing. The first time that they read this story, you see, the believed author, Mark, wrote this to a church that was divided. To a church that was debating whether or not a Gentile could follow Jesus to join the Christian church without first changing who they were. Those who said they had to become like them were still holding on to their power and their pride, wanting to use the gospel and the Jewish writings to say that only Jews could be saved. Mark is using this question to compare the two groups, telling them, yes, Jesus calls everyone to be followers of Christ, Jews and Gentiles. Not just that, but it could seem that Mark is speaking to the Jewish mindset of the time. James, James and John represent them and those views that their answer, and their answer to their question. What are the Jews' motives for following Jesus? Asking them, is Jesus enough? Pointing out that they had put Jesus, their Messiah, the one that was going to come and save them in a box. As a Messiah that would come to bring them power. The Jews came to to Jesus with self-seeking motives. Wanting to give glory to themselves. Wanting extraordinary power. Mark, trying to resonate with the Jewish community of the day. That was so strongly defined by their Jewish roots. Then, Mark compares the Gentile believers to the blind Gentile, who was blind before encountering Jesus Christ, whose desire was simply to be called by their Messiah, who would heal them and make them whole, so that they could follow Jesus to no longer be outsiders sitting on the side of the road, but to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven, to serve Jesus with their lives, 
wanting nothing more than to see the glory of God, to say, Lord, I need you, and only you. Mark is asking both groups, what are you wanting from Jesus Christ? Are your motives like James and John, seeking glory for yourself? Or are your motives like the blind Gentile, seeking God's glory? And we can ask ourselves this same question. What do I want from Jesus? What do we want from Jesus as the Orange SCA Church? Do we have self-serving motives for following Jesus? Are we coming with pride and wanting a savior we can put in a box? One that we can control and use in a way that benefits us? Are we following Jesus because it will bring us money, glory, or power? Or so we think. Or are we following Jesus for our own self-seeking motives? Or Are we following Jesus like Bartimaeus? Because we want to be healed of our blindness. We want our hearts to be able to see the glory of God. To be able to see what God wants for our lives. To be able to follow the calling that he has for each of us. For a God-seeking motive. I love the prayer that you shared today. Because she is praying for a nation to rise up to bring glory to God, to spread God's glory to everyone that they come encounter with. And it was beautiful. Thank you for that. So will we throw away our worldly ties and desires, not worry about the shame it may bring to to follow the call of Jesus Christ? God calls everyone to follow him. doesn't matter who you are, or where you've been, or what you've done, he calls you to follow him. The story did not end with the miracle of Jesus' birth, of the birth of God in our world. Jesus lived his life showing us a piece of the mystery of God. God died on the cross for us, went into the grave for us, then rose again for us and is now sitting on his throne asking us, calling to us, saying with humility and with the power to save us, asking this of us, what do you want me to do for you?